Hey, I'm Trevor, and I love most things. So I decided to start a podcast where I sit with friends and defend films most people hate. Welcome to Trevor Loves Everything. Oh, man. It was <laughs> terrible. Now I'm mad at him for making me watch it again. It's so good. Well, Trevor Loves Everything. Everything! Welcome back to another episode of Trevor Loves Everything. This month, I am joined by my very good friend, Will Brooks. Hey! Woo! <laughs> we, uh, little backstory, we went to college together, um, and mm-hmm. Will did this, uh, did this, ex- this explanation when I guessed it on his, his podcast, so I'm watching this show, um, but I'll do it for any of my guests who don't, uh, listen to both, which you should, and we'll get to that later, um, but basically, I, uh, Will and I just hit it off right off the bat, and we only got to spend a few months, I think it was only a few months four. in the same class, was it four months? Five. Yeah. Five, yeah. And then I had uh, <laughs> I had brain surgery. <laughs> <laughs> like a wimp. <laughs> he quit. And uh, it pushed me back a month in school, but we still just like, just, it, we were inseparable. We still are. We can call each other on a, on a dime and talk for hours. You did say I'm one of like the only people that you'll talk to on the phone. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm a phone talker. <laughs> I posted on Twitter once where I was just like, it was some joke about having to like pace whenever I have to actually make a phone call. And it was like the day after you and I talked on the phone. You're like, oh no, but I call you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. I actually can remember vividly. I think all of the movies we saw together. Really? Yeah. I don't know why that year I can, cause we, we went a bunch of times cause you would just go. <laughs> I and did. Yeah. You'd be like, cause I went to the Indian for the first time with you. And the Indian is this like really awesome art house theater that we have in Orlando. It's actually where Kristen got married. So nice. My uh, co- co-host, co-host for <laughs> and non-romantic life partner. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, no, I can remember, and I, uh, and like some of them are weird, like Eon Flux. I remember seeing that with oh you. Oh my god, that movie is so fucking weird. It took you out every time because the bad guy's name was Trevor. Yeah, was like, <laughs> hey, and it's like not a common name, especially in like movies and stuff. Yeah. And you kept like just twitching, like every time they would say it. Like I don't but... like this. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, we yeah we watched a ton of movies while in college. We were in film school. To any of our listeners who couldn't mm-hmm. have guessed, Will is Will is actually another uh, guest of mine. Where it was difficult for us to find a movie to watch. Much like some previous guests, like uh, Dacia and Damien, we you tend to like a lot of things and you find the joy. And you're 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 a lot like me actually, where you and correct me if I'm wrong, but you like try to find the good in a lot of things. Yeah, I. that's what I started to say before recording, was I was literally about to be like, I'm so bummed that we're talking about this movie. Because <laughs> when you launched this podcast, I was like, what a great angle. Yeah. I was like, that's so cool. I love this. And in my mind, I, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to come on. But for whatever reason in my mind, I was always imagining also like defending the movie. Right. And if there's no conflict, then your structure doesn't work. <laughs> it's just you and me gushing. <laughs> and so, I mean, I think you like more things. Yeah. I, I would, my show would be called Will Likes Most Things. Yeah. <laughs> Many things. But uh, I just like, when you were like, do you want to come in and talk about The Lion King? I was like, Lion King? Oh. <laughs> I was like, no. And then I was like, oh, I guess that's the whole point. Yeah. But oh, fuck. I did a ranking of your previous episodes. Yeah. Of, of the movies. 
Oh, really? <laughs> Myself. Oh, of like mm-hmm. your of your favorite to least favorite. Yeah, well, not favorite to least favorite, but but like I I assessed the movies myself as well. Oh, okay. And so let's hear it. I was gonna say the lady in the water is good. Yes, it's a good movie. I was gonna say Transformers is fine. <laughs> it's, That's fair. It's fine. <laughs> Sucker Punch is amazing. Yes, it is. And that is such a controversial opinion, but it's so true. And actually, because what the biggest complaint about it is that it's like really misogynist. And three of my most feminist friends love it. Yes. So. Yes. And you got to see, you still haven't seen the director's cut. You got to see the director's I cut. I know. It's... When you told me about some of the stuff, I was just like, what? I need to watch. I probably, oh, I have the Blu-ray, so I'm assuming I have it. There's a scene. It's it's basically two scenes. The rest of it is like ext- scenes were extended by a couple seconds here and there. But there's basically two scenes that I think are crucial in setting the tone and the message of the movie and both of them are removed because i remember we talked about it briefly and i said something about the musical number and you were like musical number and i was like there's a musical number <laughs> like <what>? full blown <laughs> like, and it's only in the director's cut but. yeah and so uh crash i remember liking but i've heard nothing but bad things about it since it definitely hasn't aged well i'll admit that <laughs> <laughs> and then i wrote more like the mediocre spider-man too <laughs> Oh no! I saw that in the theater. It was bad. <laughs> that movie's so good. <laughs> uh, Man of Sleep, uh, Man of Steel. I fell asleep in the theater. <laughs> I love your yeah, Freudian slip. I... Man of Sleep. Sleep, <laughs> sleep. <laughs> it should have been good. It's like an issue that I have with, especially more recent Zack Snyder stuff, where it's like it has all the ingredients, but the ratio is off. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, running scared. I just wrote, "Oh, holy hell." <laughs> You just fucking grab on. <laughs> that is one of the ones that we saw together. And I remember coming out of the theater and I was like, I, I don't even have a joke. I was just like, I, I cannot. You were like, that was so cool. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? My brain exploded. I was so pumped. I was listening to your episode and the whole time. All I remember from it is uh, Elizabeth um, Mitchell with the fingers. Oh, yeah. Oh God! That I couldn't watch her for like two years after that. She showed up on Lost. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, where, where's a window that you can creep behind? <laughs> uh, I have not seen Pain and Gain. I don't know. <laughs> that's, Sounds that's understandable. <laughs> uh, I think the village is great. I I don't understand this this like group of people that don't like the village. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. I remember Domino being fine. Yeah. And then I have no idea about Battle Los Angeles. I'm going to guess it's twice as good as Skyline. Oh, yeah. I haven't even watched Skyline, but I can I can just I confirm that for you. Uh, I remember Dawn of the Dead being great, but it's quite literally been like 15 years since I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the 2016 Lady Ghostbusters is great. Yeah, it is. Depending. Uh-oh. Depending on... Well, I think I love it, but I also don't give a flip about the Ghostbusters. So it's right. like, I think if you're really, like, engaged with the original movies, I can see how that was a disappointment. And I do think the humor is a little bit light. I think it could... The jokes could have been punched up. Yeah. But... But I, I mean, I just find it pleasant. I mean, I, I find it amusing. Yeah. I like the colors. I like the messages. The Kate McKinnon moment is incredible. I still get chills every time. Every time. Like, every time. I get chills thinking about it. And that's what's crazy is like that movie. I mean, we're like going on a tangent about all the movies of my, <laughs> this is a little previously on. <laughs> the first 12 episodes Sorry, was the first season. <laughs> so we're catching you all up. <laughs> 
but uh but yeah that's like it's such a so many i feel like so many people hold it up on this pedestal of it needs to you know redefine cinema or it's garbage it's like it can just be entertaining it took on this onus that it it had to be so many things and i'm like it's just a movie it's just yeah it's just fine jokes the wonton thing is so funny i laugh that's like (laughs) there's one wonton But then it's, it's the best at the end because it's nothing but wontons. Yes, she's like, we need to talk about the like, ratio. I just want a reasonable amount of wontons. <laughs> and because you like, you can feel the history. That's not the first time they've had this conversation, right? And it's just like, oh god. And, and Chris Hemsworth is so funny. And yes, the fact that he's hot and dumb is funny. It's a commentary, yes, like, <laughs> on the way female characters are treated in movies. Yes, like, that's not like. <laughs> it's not revolutionary, but <laughs> no. So okay, and now that I got that out of my system, let's. Well, bar- buried in Will's bit uh, was revealed <laughs> the movie that we were t- that we're going to talk about, which is the one and only remake, Lion King. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. But a king's time as ruler rises and falls like the sun. One day, the sun will set on my time here and will rise with you as the new king. And so uh, this is actually two episodes in a row where I'm talking about a remake. And this um, this one is actually a little bit more um, positively received than Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters was like 50%, and I think this is at 53%. Um, but this is at 53% critically, and audience-wise, it's around 80 or so. Um, but everybody that I've talked to didn't enjoy it. Like on Twitter and in person, or did didn't did not. Oh, okay, and then when uh, you and when I listened to your uh, episode on, so I'm watching the show. You guys, you and Kristen both were just like, eh. and I was like, there, that's it, that's the movie, because <laughs> I was so pumped and and hilariously um, to tie it back to our our previous conversation about Sucker Punch. Um, when that episode aired, uh, you texted me, uh, in response to something that John said on my episode where he was like, it was just like a, an hour and a half long music video or something like that. And you were like, exactly. <laughs> Explain to me where, <laughs> where the, That's the bad is. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had the, I had a similar experience listening to your episode. Cause you were like, it's like watching planet earth with Lion King on in the background. And I went, exactly. <laughs> But there, uh, okay. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> I watched it again. I I watched it again with my mother, and she was very prepared to hate it. And she actually ended up liking it, not a lot, yeah. but a decent amount. 
And so that caused a fight between us because she hates the Beauty and the Beast remake from 2017. Oh my God, it's so good. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, it's decent. But We're going to do a like Disney she, showdown. <laughs> well, no, but that's part of, okay, that is part of the my background coming to this movie is I'm actually very passionate about the live action remakes in a way that I think is actually a hot take. Okay. Because most people's take is they're bad and don't do them. And that's not my take. Right. Like, I, I think the observation, you know, why, what is there no such thing as an original idea anymore? I find that observation to be so hilariously ironic because I am so sick of hearing people say that. And it's like, no, there's not. We know this to be true. There are not original ideas. Right. There are just new ways to tell old stories. Like, we've covered it all. Right. You know, it's like. And There's seven notes. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, Disney's just being <laughs> upfront about it. <laughs> and because I'm very in the middle with the live action remakes. Uh, have you seen them all or? Um, I have not seen uh, Cinderella. <laughs> well, that's the best one. Cinderella is my favorite. Be- Beauty and the Beast is my like, I love that more than the original. Like I really am, I am head over heels in love with that movie. I've seen it like 10 times. I've listened to the soundtrack over and over again. Like I cannot Soundtrack's good. put into words how much I love the Beauty and the Beast remake. That's that's funny. That's funny. Uh, I think the two of them, I think Emma and Dan are so spectacularly miscast. Really? Yeah, I think that they and I don't hold it against them, especially Emma, because I'm actually really proud of her for opening that movie. I mean, that was a huge movie. Yeah. But I think she's so flat and I think they don't have chemistry. And I also I mean, I hate to say this because I think it sounds awful, but I don't is what I'll say is I don't think she's pretty in the right way. She's not that classic uh, princess beauty. Yeah. And I'm mad at her for fighting the dress because I think the dress is not great. But for fighting the dress. Yeah. They originally made her a big ball gown and she didn't want to do that. She like didn't you know want to wear a corset and send a bad message. And I mean, that's all a noble thing. But I want the big dress. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, that's great and all. But, you know, I want hair that looks like her mom didn't do it before homecoming. Like (laughs) I went into it really nervous, kind of the same way. Actually, I went into Lion King a lot with a lot more uh, trepidation. But when I went into Beauty and the Beast, um, I was just like, Emma Watson as Belle just doesn't, I love Emma Watson and I think she's great in everything I've seen her in. Um, but I just didn't see her as Belle, you know, it, she's, it just, she's Cinderella. It's like swap her and yeah, Lily James. Yeah, that and actually makes a lot more sense. But then when yeah. I watched the movie, <laughs> I immediately kind of started to understand that this was a different Belle. Like they were telling a different story. And that's when I was just like, oh, we're going to, okay, I'll just go on the journey with this person. Like, I didn't even, I disassociated her from Belle, mm-hmm. and that's how that movie worked so well for me. I was just like, oh, this isn't, like, your grandpa's Beauty and the Beast, which is me. Mm-hmm. I'm the grandpa here. But uh, it was it was this new tale of a person who got trapped by this beast, and, like, the mom story and everything just completely enveloped me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's fine. I I like the building. I like how everything just feels a little bit more robust. Like, I like that the objects have a little bit more material and stuff. And uh, a lot of my complaints with these are because I'm very visual and I'm like a you know, creator and storyteller myself. So for material that I'm passionate about, I have a very high bar. Right. And 
I feel like a lot of times like you just went in and were like, cool, show me your movie. Yeah. And I was like, this better match my expectations. <laughs> yeah. <So>. That's fair. <laughs> and actually, there, 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 there's something that I'll get to in in our discussion with the Lion King. The other thing that I hate about Beauty and the Beast is the costumes are hideous. They're just all of them are hideous. Oh, okay. but, That's fair. Like they're poorly made. I'm like, I don't know how it happened. Like who was drunk on set? Let that happen. <laughs> but. But yeah, you got to see Cinderella. It's so good. And and the thing about Cinderella and, and how I'll earn this whole conversation and bring it back in is I feel like to remake these movies, you should be bringing something new to the table. And Cinderella, it, it, it's not like a wildly different take, but it's just such a I remember the like Rotten Tomatoes consensus for it was they called it. They were like refreshingly traditional in a dark revisionist world. Right. And so there was something about that where I it is it is a fairy tale. It is from beginning to end a sweet, beautiful, lavish fairy tale. And and they they build upon the stories and in way they build upon the pre-existing story in necessary ways that I think furthers the experience. And I mean, there's no question for me now that if I'm going to put on Cinderella, it's going to be the live action versus, you know, the animated. Right. And, and I mean, I guess they are their own entities. I, I don't like that logic that they're somehow trying to replace the previous. Oh, no. Is that an idea that's? Well, yeah, a lot of people are like, stop trying to mess with the classic. And I'm like, I don't think that they're mess messing with the classic because the way I always thought about it or even like cover songs or samples and music because I was like, it was so great the first time. Why not give it another yeah. go? Like, yeah, we, we talked about that in Ghostbusters where we were like, if or Damien even he quoted Jay Z and he was just like, if you like my old shit, go listen to my old albums. <laughs> anyway, and it's like it, it doesn't. It, they didn't erase their vault and go, okay, we're starting over. We're gonna just redo these. You can't watch the old ones anymore. <clears throat> and also to to what you said, I also brought up the cover situation where I was like, it is cool to see different artists' perspective on how to tell these stories. You still have the one that you like, and then you can see if someone else like I I love painted black. It's my favorite song ever. I also love people different people singing it in different ways like it doesn't make the rolling stones paint it black not as impactful to me yeah i just did like i said the, the the remakes are a mixed bag for me it's like i think the most successful ones are cinderella and the jungle book which ironically was directed by john favreau who did the lion king right and i didn't rewatch the jungle book to see if maybe i was being harder on the lion king because it's more i mean if the lion king is our generation right you know what i mean like yeah. and the jungle book sure i watched it as a kid but it was just something yeah. that was available to me the original jungle book didn't really resonate from what i remember like the original mm -hmm. movie was just kind of like oh yeah there's there's monkeys and there's a bear and they i know that one song and there's a snake <laughs> but like there's i'm not like oh you like beauty and the beast or lion king we're like oh yeah simba goes into the um goes into the elephant graveyard and Scar kills his father and he goes like you remember these stories but Jungle Book was mm -hmm. just kind of like a collection of scenes to me as a kid um, so that when I saw Jungle Book maybe I was like all right sure did you like the live action Jungle Book it was fine yeah I, I oh. mean it was it wasn't it didn't blow me away I wasn't really connected to the source material and the kid himself wasn't a very good actor so he kind of took me out a bunch but it mm -hmm. looked amazing and it was really fun Bill Murray was hilarious <laughs> it's in a nutshell, it's my biggest issue with this Lion King is the photorealism of it. It, it like it renders the entire story 
meaningless when they don't have emotion like because the jungle book was more animated like their facial expressions as i recall again like i said i didn't revisit it but i just like i remember the scene with ka no the snake yeah scarlett johansson and when she did the hypnotizing thing with her scales and all of that it was just so neat in a way that like you know moving into lion king I, i i remember being frames into the movie like not even 20 seconds and i was like oh no (laughs) i was suspicious when they weren't talking in the trailers i was like they are not showing us these demons talking (laughs) they played it very close to the chest when they were doing the trailers they were like "Eh, no no no, we're done that's the title go watch the movie (laughs) yeah because there's just something that is so upsetting about a photorealistic warthog yeah like let alone a close-up of it yeah you're like i don't i don't need to see that whoa how bleak is that? Well, that's what's funny is I the when they first released the trailer, I was having a conversation with some friends, and uh, we were talking about how like the, the Lion King, the original Lion King, is so beautiful. It's just like every frame is a painting, like the colors and everything. And the new one was realistic. It it looked pretty, but it didn't have like the vibrant oranges. Yeah, it was impressive. Like it's incredibly impressive what they pulled off, but it based when I saw the trailer I was like, "Oh, it doesn't have the painting of the sky that yeah, I remember where's from orange, Lion where's King. red, right. where's blue, yeah. like or, or these contrasting colors over top of each other like seeing the ants over the like the zebras and things like that. Um and so I went in, I was already hesitant and nervous with that and then literally as we were heading out to go see the movie, it was me, my wife, and my two kids. Um, we were walking out the door, and I like saw – I don't know why I watched it, but it was like a clip of Timon, Billy Eichner as Timon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm curious. And I pressed play. It's a lion! Run for your life, Timon! Wait, 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 it's a little lion! It gets bigger. Can we keep him? Can we please keep him? Oh, oh, okay. Uh, I promise. I'll walk him every day. If he makes a little mess, I'll clean it up. You'll be be his little mess. He's going to eat you and then use my body as a toothpick. But one day, when he's big and strong, he'll be on our side. I've got it. What if he's on our side? Hear me out! Having a ferocious lion around might not be such a bad idea. Well, then can we keep him? Yes, of course we can keep him. My God, who is the brains of this operation? We're going to name him Fred. And I was just like devastated on my way to the movie i was like oh my god and and the reason i bring this up is it i think it it helped rewire my brain because by the storytelling or by the performance oh okay yeah okay i was like oh my god that's not anything like i that's not timon like this is gonna be horrible like that's not he's all all the lines are different and he's performing it different Mm -hmm. and like not and it wasn't i wasn't mad at billy eichner or anything i was just like oh my god they're they did everything different why do they do everything different and then i went and watched the movie and knowing i think just having that in my brain like oh this isn't going to be your lion king um i was just like oh my god this is amazing and and once i got to billy eichner as timon i loved him like what he brought to timon cracked me up i I wanted more of him. I was disappointed that we didn't get more Timon once I finally like accepted this new shift in things. But ultimately, I just really dug. I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right in the fact that they don't emote and it's a problem. And I, I Mike, the conspiracy theorist in me is like they went down this road and like 30 minutes into 
the film, they realized 30 minutes into like <laughs> of amount of content, they were like, oh shit, this doesn't work. And they're like, well, you already spent like a hundred million dollars. So <laughs> keep doing it. <laughs> we're not this isn't Sonic the Hedgehog. You <laughs> know what I mean? We don't, that, we don't got that kind of money. Yeah. We're not going to redo it. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, they just went forward with it. And, and to me, that's what, once I realized that once I was like, oh, they're not, there's, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to cry in this movie. <clears throat> and I still cry in the original Lion King, but I was like, I'm, this isn't going to kind of pull at my heartstrings. Then I started to like really enjoy it for the representation of what it would look like if these animals did this. You know what I mean? Like what this, <laughs> what this experience. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Just Hamlet playing out in the Serengeti. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so serious. <laughs> um, but it, the, just like the simple things, like for instance, uh, the the prime example that pops in my head is when Scar kills Mufasa. It in the in the original, mm-hmm. he sinks his claws into his hands and he kind of pulls him away from the rock, and it's like this cinematic, like no, Scar, brother, help me. Long live the king. And in this one, it's more realistic in that he, like, bat him in the face. to like get him mm-hmm. off and it, I was like oh that's really it like to me that's why I was that's why I resonated with your comment of like it's like watching planet earth with lion king in the background because it is I was like oh shit that's what it would look like and then I'm listening to my one of my favorite soundtracks from my childhood also while I'm learning this cool shit so that's what I got out of it sure um <laughs> I know the scene you're talking about. I feel strongly about it, too, because I don't think it makes any sense because it's supposed to be secretive. Like in the animated movie, he like leans in and whispers, long live the king. And it's supposed to be this like, oh, my God. And so when you make a big production out of it in a live action movie, and I'm sorry, I have never because I've seen the scene four times. I have never not cracked up. That is so funny to me. The photorealistic lion, like, ah! and then the push pull of Simba being like, <laughs> it, that is so funny to me. I don't know. I, I agree with you. <laughs> I, I cackled. I was, I was laughing at the, at the face smacking. And then I, when I heard you mention it on your podcast too, the snap zoom to Simba, <laughs> which is from the animated film. Yeah. But I was like, oh, yeah. why, why is that? the Why is that the thing you saved? Like you changed everything, but you're like, got to keep that snap zoom. Well, that, that, that is two talking points of mine about these things and about Disney in general is for people who do not know me and are not familiar with my whole thing. Uh, and on that note, I said this on our show, so I'll say it here. But actually, my favorite thing that anyone's ever said about me was something you said about me Uh-oh. <laughs> when you were introducing me to one of your other friends. And you were like, this is my friend, Will. He seems like he's always being sarcastic, but it's mostly never. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yep. He seems like he's always doing a bit, but he was like, it's usually never, though. <laughs> yeah, so like, you gear yourself up for laughter and you're like, oh, OK, it's oh, serious. serious. We're serious. Yeah. <laughs> I am very passionate about the art of storytelling. I, and in particular, I'm very passionate about fairy tales and fantasy. 
and I was raised with them and I was also raised with them in a very real way outside of Disney. I don't know why, but my mom was very she she made it very clear to me that Disney wasn't creating those stories. Mm -hmm. And so she would read me from like one minute bedtime stories and Greek myths and stuff. And so. I was like, I remember going to see a production, a stage production of The Wizard of Oz when I was like six and I was excited to see Glinda. And then I was annoyed when she came on stage and was in a bad pink dress <laughs> because I was like, well, if I wanted the movie, I would have watched the movie. I felt cheated like as a six year old right. from creative expression. And so having said that, I am very passionate about Disney. I we, we went to the parks every year for spring break. I kind of like grew up with it. and. So I do have this love hate relationship with Disney where it's like on one hand, I'm all about everything that they do. And on the other hand, I'm like, oh, my God, Disney, get your grubby mitts off of everything. Yeah. And I I hate how they have this tendency to promise you that they're going to reinvent something. Yeah. And then they only halfway do it. Like my experience watching the show Once Upon a Time was most of the infuriate, most of the most infuriating experiences of my life because they kept insisting that they were going to do a different take on Cinderella and then proceed to give her two stepsisters named Anastasia and Drizella and a stepmother named Lady Tremaine. And I'm just like, mm. hey, <laughs> like of bitches. she's wearing a blue dress like none of it was different, like yeah. none of it. And my other thing is that animation is such a specific art form, like uh, of its own and on its own. And it has evolved over time. And I mean, that's why if you go back and watch animation from like the 50s, it's it's shocking how much more primitive it is. Right. And that's not even including computer animation and stuff. And so it's a storytelling like a uh, uh, vehicle of its own. Like a lot of times when people choose to animate something, it's because of what it offers you. And a lot of times it doesn't translate into live action. Like the, the facial expression that an animated character does the way that like, I mean, this is such a random example, but it's like the way that Marge Simpson moves in the opening credits of the Simpsons when she can't find Maggie at the shopping cart. It's like, you can't translate that into a live action performance. Right. hundred percent. And these Disney movies, these try to and it just leaves things flat like it just aladdin was such a disjointed experience for me because it's like i'm like well that worked in the animated version but here i was watching a person walk and pick something up yeah. like there was no it wasn't a dynamic shot there was no movement like and so it's like it, it, that's where and that's i mean this movie largely was a shot for shot remake. And I just, I just don't think any of it worked. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The, the, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I went on a big rant there and now I've, I've run out of steam. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, w I would say I, I agree that I, I too go into these Disney films kind of expecting something new. And I, I went into Aladdin open-minded mostly. I mean, Will Smith looks really weird blue in the trailer, um, and I just 
had trouble wrapping my head around it. And he was actually my favorite part of the whole film. Like he just the I, new material they gave him. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, everything he said, like all his jokes, really resonate. I was glad they didn't try to have him do Robin Williams jokes mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. the most part. He he said a couple of lines, but he still put his like Will Smith twang on it, um, which I appreciated. And I loved the new stuff that he did. The story between Aladdin and Jasmine didn't really. It just felt hollow to me. Um, the the it was it was good like I just it was pretty and um, see it's like I think for Aladdin I think they should have it should have they should have reframed the story from her perspective because I think she was more dynamic she was more interesting and her like I think it should have been more Jasmine like obviously have Aladdin in it right but that's at least a different perspective like. It, it uh, I and also it just should have been like a big Bollywood. The whole thing should have been about like because there was randomly like two musical numbers in it, and I was like, I mean, figure out what you're doing. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go to town on this. Like, do something but, different. Well, and that's and and with to bring it back to Lion King. Um, I went in for some reason. I have always wanted um a really um what's the word really massaged storyline for Scar that I've never had because he's just such a one-dimensional character. He wants to be in power. And like I always wanted just even the tiniest bit of like he actually cares about Simba, but you know, his his greed gets in the way and all that stuff or some backstory like in and and funnily enough in Lion Guard, um, which is my daughter one of my daughter's favorite shows, they actually did a backstory. It wasn't too um, drawn out. Have I ever told you how I got my scar? No. No, you haven't. I wasn't much older than Kion when it happened. Back when I was leader of my Lion God. Basically, he had the power of the roar, um, which is this thing that the the leader of the Lion Guard has where they can like roar and the cla- the old lions come out and they like roar this big gust of wind against enemies to get them out of the Pride Lands. And so he had it and another lion tried to convince him to use it to take the throne and, you know, get power. And he like tried to manipulate him and Scar like basically got rid of that lion and went and told Mufasa and he was like looking for validation from his bigger brother like I stopped this guy and mm. and he like rubbed Scar on the head and he and gave him the nickname Scar just like you little rascal and it pissed off Scar and it wasn't a lot but it was something and I like I legit I was just sitting there with my daughter like oh shit like I felt for Scar and I wanted that in this movie and they I thought we were going to get it I thought that they were leaning toward that I can't remember at what part, but there was something where I was like, oh, we're going to get a backstory. And then we didn't get anything. Yeah, like, how is this like 35 minutes longer than the original one? And <laughs> somehow we have anything. less. Yes. Like, it's crazy. Because you did say one of the things you liked about Beating the Beast was how it like filled in some of the, the gaps. Holes. And, yeah. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, that, that I I always thought Scar was a very dynamic character, but I guess I'm largely just responding to Jeremy. It's Jeremy Irons or Jason Jeremy, Isaac. Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. Irons. I think I'm responding to his performance. Yeah. And it, it like, Chewie Tell Ejiofor was good. Life's not fair, is it, my little friend? While some are born to feast, Others spend their lives in the dark, begging for scraps. The way I see it, 
You and I are exactly the same. We both want to find a way out. Yeah, he was... I love Chiwetel for Like, he's one of my favorite actors of all time. Uh -huh. And so when they were like, he's going to be Scar, I should have been like, oh, fuck yeah. But I was like, why not Jeremy Irons? I mean, I get it. I think they wanted to go with an African American cast for all of the lions, and so they Which, didn't want to cast. I mean, I Jeremy think that's Irons great. I love yeah, no, that. That's, that's that's brilliant. Um, but and then I also was just like, but Jeremy Irons and James Earl Jones were like, that is what you know. And if you are creating a shot for shot remake of Lion King, <laughs> that's gonna take you out. Someone else mm -hmm. doing Scar's voice. Well, and also it's like they with the the nature documentary aspect of it. It's like the drama was removed like scar isn't mincing and flamboyant the way mm. that he is in the old one and also i mean i can't tell any of them apart like why they wouldn't give them and it's like i mean i don't want like these cgi like golems like ambling around <laughs> but it's like even back in 2002 when they did scooby-doo we weren't watching a literal great dane you know what i right. mean it's like you can <laughs> these can be nice rounded corners you know what i mean yes. <laughs> like, yeah that I, it was definitely difficult like telling them apart and i'm not sure why I've, I've i guess because lions don't have black manes and they couldn't well they do they do there are ones yeah there are ones that do and even some red and stuff so that was one of the things that i was the most perplexed by is they are capable of having the different colors and it just it, it i mean it's I actually completely agree with you that I think that they got so in because it's like it's my biggest issue with Disney right now is I don't for the for a large part, I don't think they care because it doesn't matter because they're going to get the money anyways. So right. why bother? And it's like I just wish like I wish the Disney live action fairy tale division had like a Kevin Feige. Like I wish it had somebody who was in charge and passionate about the material and actually like hooking up like directors and actors and stuff that made sense versus like what business does Guy Ritchie have doing anywhere near Aladdin? Yeah, like, that is weird. I mean, I love <laughs> Guy Ritchie, but that was just it's what's so it's weird because they're like getting these people's names attached like oh so-and-so is directing so-and-so is writing so-and-so is acting in it and it's and like to them that's bringing in the audience which i'm sure it does to some extent but it's also like we know we know guy Ritchie's doesn't have free reign to tell his own aladdin story mm -hmm. we know you're hiring him to do what you want to do so like why get these auteur oh, yeah. <laughs> directors for no reason. Like you we all like anybody who is excited about that director knows that like anybody who follows the directors knows that that director isn't going to have any say in the movie. So like the point of bringing him in seems so moot to me. Like Joe Blow who's going to watch the movie and doesn't care who's directing it doesn't care. So why Like could you imagine Tar Sims Aladdin? <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Like I don't know that <laughs> Disney could contain it, but like <laughs> it just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it, oh, yeah. We just went on a tangent. It happens on this show. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's the Lions. I think they just don't they don't emote, which is a huge problem. Um, they don't you can't can't tell any of them apart. I do like the real like I 
I agree with you that it was hard to tell which lion was which, especially with the female lions. They legitimately oh God, yeah. all looked the same. I could not tell. Like Nala came running up. I was like, wait, what, which one are you? Hold on. And I was like doing the following the, with like the follow the cup game. And I was just like trying to keep my eye on her. <laughs> like, you know, okay, you're there. Okay, now you're there. Um, but I think the, one of the things that I do love absent of those pro- issues is the realism of like the hyenas aren't his minions. Like they struck a deal with him. They were basically about to eat Scar. And he was like, but we could do this. You fools have stripped your land of every living thing. And yet I send two little cubs your way, and they come back alive. I guess we'll have to eat you instead. Why eat one meal when you can be feasting the rest of your lives? What could you possibly offer us? A place where you can fill your bellies. Where everything the light touches is yours for the kill. The Pratlands are not yours to give. The king controls those hunting grounds. And so they, it was never just like this full-fledged, um, we we do whatever Scar tells us, which isn't realistic. Um, it was more like, you know, him kind of pleading for his life with a plan sort of thing, which I really dug. Yeah, the hyenas is one of the parts that I think actually really worked, especially Keegan-Michael Key and Eric Andre and Florence Kasumba. I was actually really stoked for her. Like everybody was like Beyonce and I was like Florence Kasumba. (laughs) Because ever since her first in Civil War, her like first appearance, I was like, oh, my God, that woman is amazing. But the hyena stuff. And again, that was that was stuff that was not correct like that's not from the animated like the the them laying too close to each other right Mufasa is strong like way stronger than us <laughs> please give me some space what you could lay anywhere in this cave where do you want me to- I need some personal space okay okay that's not from the animated it, that was so funny and 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 at least interesting and I guess hyenas themselves are slightly more expressive because they have such the big mouths and yeah. stuff but so they can smile but again, color like I just was longing for red. And also it's like, it. oh, I remember the point we're making because I was saying I agree with you that I think Disney got halfway into this and they were like, oh, this isn't working. And I literally think that they were like, who cares? It's yeah. not like anyone's going to, you know, not come see Donald Glover and Beyonce. Right. And Lion King. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you and, could literally just show the style frames and people are going to come yeah. to the theater. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of like that just bums me out a little bit because it's like it. it it's an interesting experiment, the the whole like like going so National Geographic with it. But it's like, I mean, Zazu wasn't even blue like and birds are blue. Yeah. So I like when they go down to the elephant graveyard, it's just like daylight, like it's just sunny and it, like there's none of that. Like there's no atmosphere. There's no mood. Yes. It's like it, it, th- that's where I just was kind of like. <sighs> With the movie. And let me ask you a question because you said you went with your family. Uh, how do your kids feel about this? They loved it. We when Did I, they? Yeah, when it came out again, like when it came out to buy, they were just like, oh, can we watch Lion King again? Like they think it's the coolest thing. Ever. Well, my kids also love watching like documentaries about animals and stuff. So and, okay. they, and they love my daughter loves Lion Guard. They both love Lion Guard, actually. And they've watched the Lion, original Lion King movie a million times. So I think for them, it's the same thing as it is for me where they're like, getting to watch two things that they love at the same time, like getting it's that rare, rare opportunity to be able to like watch two things and take them in at the same time. So like hear 
and experience Lion King, but then also be watching like a Planet Earth documentary and they, they it just like revs their engines because ultimately at the end of the day i think that's what matters you know i i object to calling i I don't like when people call these children's movies like dismissively right because it's like i mean they're they're family movies is kind of what i say it's like they're they're accessible to children but having said that to an extent these movies are for young people right and so that's always something that like i remember being at disney world a couple years ago when they made elsa cinderella's castle all ice at Christmas and like Elsa. Mm -hmm. And I remember there were adult Disney fans standing around, like rolling their eyes and complaining about it. Oh my God. And I was sort of like, this isn't for you. What, like, what do you, what do you, do you want them to not make it a nice castle for, for Christmas? Like, what the hell are you talking about? Disney was created y'all. Like, yeah. And so there, there is a point where I'm like, well, how do the children feel about it? Right. Cause I bet you it's blowing their goddamn minds. A hundred percent. Yeah. You do you swear on here, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, OK. <laughs> yes. Plenty of swearing. Although I, this I is so. for the kids, Will. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, fuckers. You're going to get what I give fucks. you. <laughs> so, no, because I, I was I was curious. And there is a part of me where it's like, I, I wonder, I wonder if kids like it. And then I wonder, OK, do they actually like it or do they think they like it? Because commercials told them, well, I guess kids don't watch commercials these days, so. Yeah, my kids cannot like whenever we go on vacation and there's because we don't we just have Apple TV. And so Mm -hmm. whenever we go on vacation and it's just whatever the TV, the cable is in the hotel room, they're just like, why is this taking so long? It's like, (laughs) (laughs) welcome to my childhood. (laughs) But yeah, that's that's interesting there. Watching it again, I was still pretty. I'm I'm trying. I was like trying to be like it wasn't as bad as I remember. No, I was still pretty irritated. Yeah. I will say, I thought the whole Simba's fur and like the poop thing. I remember thinking that was so stupid in the movie theater, and then watching it a second time with my mom, she was talking about how poignant it was, and I was like, huh? And she was like, it actually shows like the circle of life in a segment in the middle of the movie, and I was like. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'll <laughs> I, give that to you. <laughs> I guess that is that is pretty interesting. Um, and I, I we touched on it when we started talking about Chiwetel Ejiofor, but this cast is so stacked. It is so stunning and so stacked. And the thing for me is I just don't think that Donald Glover and in particular Beyonce are very good in it. I agree. Okay. Um, it was a friend of mine. I think it was Brayden actually pointed out. He he was uh, before the movie came out. He was like, "I'm gonna call it now that Beyonce is not gonna be any good as Nala." Um, she's got a she's got a spotty track record with, with acting. acting. Sometimes she's good, but what, if, more what else has she been in? Not. Um, actually, more than you would think. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, she was. Well, Dreamgirls is her big one, and she's good in Dreamgirls. And but she was in a run. I mean, she was in that Austin Powers Gold member. She was in the Fighting Temptations. She was in um the Pink Panther. She was in. <gasps> she was uh, in Gold member. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> she's I been in things. That. 
she's in a uh, Lady Gaga music video that they intentionally do Tarantino. Oh, like, I saw that. I saw that one. Yeah. <clears throat> and people and that's one where people talk about how bad her acting is. And I'm like, no, they're doing Tarantino. That's. Right they're intentionally being stilted it's a thing that's a whole thing um but i will it just just to clarify to our listeners or i mean i won't speak for will but i love beyonce so don't oh come my a, God. don't come attacking my comments with a bunch of b emojis no no uh, because actually on our episode the exact thing i said was i was like look i love beyonce and i will not speak ill of her <laughs> so I was like, so moving on. I thought you just died out again. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that's the joke. Yeah, I'm not. I love that. <laughs> it just there. I, I I don't know. And it actually because the 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 voice roles weren't stunt casted initially, and so to have them stunt cast it now, you realize actually how little material adult Nala has. Well, it wasn't in the original Matthew Broderick and Jonathan Taylor Thomas were pretty big names. They were. But were they selling the movie that way? No, I, I mean, I yeah. Well, I was a kid, so I don't remember like I guess that, that's a movie. good point. I guess I'll take that back a little bit. But it just like there was a part of me where I was like, if only I could be watching them, like I would watch the shit out of like an Afro punk Donald Glover, Beyonce, like real people. Yeah, like a Shakespearean adaptation. Like if like if they did Hamlet in Africa, like <laughs> that'd be dope. I'd be all, all about you, right? Uh, and I mean, <laughs> we have it. It's Black Panther. It's amazing. But <laughs> <laughs> they're like, well, we can't do that. <laughs> and there were there were a handful of things in this movie that I feel like I I felt like were so intentional. Like the can you feel the love tonight being during the day? Yeah, it's like somebody has to be like messing with us yeah that was <laughs> like a decision like, <laughs> like they didn't go whoops we forgot to turn the lights off and if anything it's like because i think i i think i heard them address that once i think i might be making this up i do that sometimes i love made but, up shit <laughs> <laughs> i think they were like well we couldn't justify the time gap and i was like oh that part of the movie needs more time because it was like they are in love within seconds like yeah it wouldn't hurt anybody could justify the time gap what does that mean yeah. Like the like, how is it suddenly night? And it's like Fucking we cut cares. to several hours later, in which they've caught up, yes. and like, and you know, I I I also think. So you mentioned that you were devastated, which was a word, a big word to use, by Billy Eichner's <laughs> Simone. <laughs> Did you feel that way in? <laughs> once seeing the movie no that would that's I, I i thought i clarified that i when i okay. saw the movie i was i wanted billy eichner in every right, right. single shot that. like you did say his that. portrayal of timon blew me away i think seeing the clip out of context and going to the movie expecting it to be like the movie that i ex basically expected beauty and the beast essentially um and then i saw that and i was like oh my god what is happening i, I looked at for like for the record, I love Billy Eichner. I love Billy Eichner on the street. I love him in Parks and Rec. I just think he's a really funny person. And I was excited for him as Timon. I was curious how he would approach that role. Um, and then I was nervous going in. But then once I was like in the zone of what I knew this movie was, I fucking Billy Eichner's Timon. I was I cracked up at every line.
I think hands down, him and Seth Rogen, the Timon and Puba are the single most successful parts of this movie. hundred percent. As we mentioned on our show, I was like, I cannot believe I'm going to come out of this and praise the two white guys. But it's like, <laughs> yes, I, I think I think the fact that both of them are comedians is crucial. And I think people don't consider how necessary comedy is like there's so many roles when they're casting and i'll be like please hire a comedian and people will be like why it's not a funny role and i'm like because a comedian will actually mine the material and right. i think that that's the issue in particular with beyonce not being like a a trained thespian i think she was tackling the material head first like nala is mad and betrayed so she played it mad and betrayed and it right. just it feels flat. It just falls, you know, it feels very two dimensional in a way that like had they hired someone with more, you know, comedic experience, I think they'd find ways to be miffed or, you know, like, like irritated or like flippant. And I think there would be more personality. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think the Beyonce thing was definitely like you said, it that was a stunt casting. That was the most apparent stunt casting yeah. like mm-hmm. ch- um childish cambino uh donald glover is i think in inc- an incredible actor like have you watched atlanta at all no uh but he's, i've heard <laughs> he's so like atlanta is one of my favorite shows and his his dramatic and subtle comedic performance in that paired with his comedic performance in community i was he should have brought more to the role of simba but he also like you like he him and Beyonce both just kind of had these flat performances of delivering lines that they knew from child. It, it felt like they flew in for a day, said their lines, and left. Simba, is that really you? Yeah, it's me, Simba. Nala, <laughs> 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 what are you doing? I don't oh my! Believe it. Look at you, Pumba. <laughs> I don't think you're getting eaten. Where have you been? I thought you were dead. <laughs> you thought he was dead? I thought I was dead. I thought you were going to eat me. <laughs> what fun. I'm so sorry. Before we move on, how do you two know each other? Timon, Pumba, I want you to meet my best friend, Nala. Best friend? Well, that hurts. Nala, you're going to love it here. This place is amazing. It's everything you could ever want. Simba, we need to leave. It felt like it was an afterthought. And... I just like, I don't know. Uh, and again, like not unsimilar to Emma Watson and being the beast. Cause like I said, I don't particularly like her in it, but I mean, I'm, she, she did that, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> proud of her. Thing. Like I, Beyonce has earned her position in the industry. Uh, I, I just wish I was more passionate about it. But then again, I mean, if I want to feel passionate about Beyonce, I watch homecoming. So right. <laughs> it like, eh, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think because I did write down a bunch of notes, but the music, Oh God, the musical numbers were so painful because they're like, was, how yeah. did the music, huh? And no, I, I was agreeing with you. Like, oh, okay. I can't wait I to gonna... be king. Like, <laughs> I was just like, what is happening? Why are you trying to make a realistic version of this? Yeah. And like, furthermore, because it's like, I wanted all the color. I wanted the Busby Berkeley, you know, stacks on stacks and right. like showgirls and stuff. And then part of me does want 
to see a live action version. <laughs> like I want to see the tower of like antelope. Yes. <laughs> and, and it just like, yeah, how how they It goes with what you were saying with the Marge Simpson motion. Like there's a lot in that Can't Wait to Be King original number where there's like swinging around and it's that old animation style of like bodies extending and whipping and where their faces will stay stationary, but their neck will elongate. Exactly. And stuff yeah, yeah. And, and you can't do that with photorealistic animals and and this is a hot take but (laughs) i feel like this movie might have been more successful if they didn't do any of the music if they were just like Mm -hmm. let's just show what it's like for these animals if this was a like battle at kruger park have you ever seen that video no oh it's this really compelling video where these tourists are basically watching as um these lions kind of creep up on an animal i think it's an antelope it's some some animal and they attack it and the herd kind of like runs off scared. And then as the um, lion is starting to eat him, an alligator comes up and pulls on the leg of the antelope. And so they're like doing a tug of war with this antelope. And then the herd and then the alligator finally gives up and the lion's starting to drag the antelope. And he's still alive, like screaming for his life. And then the herd of antelope come back and they fight off the lions to save the like go against what we all know of nature where it's just mm-hmm. like fucking run for your life and save yourself. And so it's things like that where I'm like, I, yeah, I would like to see a realistic version of what Lion King would be without the music or whatever. And like, this is a really compelling story to watch play out. Cause in that regard, remove the dialogue, like make it yeah. a weird art piece. And I mean, that's that version doesn't make a billion dollars in no. you know, the international box <laughs> yes. office, but it's like if we sat down and watched, cause it would be interpretive almost like ballet. That was right. a, a comment Kristen said, Oh but my I was God, like, that would be so down good. And, it would be really interesting. Uh, 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 yeah. And it's, it's like, how the songs got in there and and is how they got in there is because they're amazing. That's that is that is the bread and butter of The Lion King is how good the music is. But it's right. like I just cannot believe that somebody didn't realize that there was a fundamental problem with this movie. Like, <laughs> yes. because it's like it's at war with itself. It's like it is. you either need, you know. Again, Busby Berkeley singing Dancing Animals or you need nature documentary. And it's like the fact that they picked the worst parts of both is just staggering to me. I, you know, I mean, and like you said, the kids liked it. And I I did hear that, though. I mean, this was a huge hit. I did hear that it actually did underperform a little bit. Oh, really? Like financially? I mean, it made a bunch of money, but I think they expected it to be even bigger. And I think that the fact that it wasn't as big as they thought it was going to be, I think it is that disconnect. And I mean, that's good. It's it's good for them to because as much as I love this, like I I love the experience of it. I love rewatching it with the kids. Um, I do still wish that they would have done a different take like done something new and different done a cover of lion king that was like they don't stand to me they don't stand to lose a lot of money by being artistically creative with a new vision of lion king like they're still going to make a ton of money and people might be disappointed by it but they're disappointed by this like why not take a risk (laughs) instead of playing it safe oh you're not going to get that from disney in 2019 holy cow (laughs) we will never i mean i can't say never who knows but we're not getting captain jack sparrow again anytime soon love that is a dinghy my vessel is magnificent and fierce 
and huge that the the first curse of the black pearl that like disney's not going to make those those risks take those risks and it it it, it's a bummer it kind of sucks and there there's so many ways where i'm sort of like i mean that that is the disney conundrum at least for me is is the good and the bad the blessing and the curse because there's so many times where i'm just like what would walt disney feel about this like right and i i I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, look here, if we're looking for a silver lining, I mean, maybe we learned something from this. Maybe, you know, five, ten years down the road, the movies that come, you know, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, we're not going to have to deal with like a photo real crab wingmanning Ariel. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh my <laughs> like a crab face, just like up it. You know what I mean? I am <laughs> so curious how Little Mermaid is going to be a thing. Like, I just... I really I have to see the trailer. It's going to be bad because it's being directed by Rob Marshall and he's a terrible director. But (laughs) what has he done? Rob Marshall. Okay, so the fluke, the 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 one good thing that he's done is Chicago. Oh, okay, I like Chicago. Everything he's done since I I think is so uninspired. He did Mary Poppins Returns. He did Into the Woods. He did like it's everything is so small and practical in a way where it's just like there there shouldn't have been oh wow yeah mary poppins returns and into the woods were very i enjoyed them but they were just kind of sure they just existed yeah they they were flat there was no there was like there's no reason why into the woods should have been filming in real forests and in castle ruins like nothing about that should have been grounded in reality and he doesn't like to use special effects and it's like well then what are you doing with fairy tale movies it's like and Kristen and I have been making this joke about The Little Mermaid where we're like, you still got time to hire Kenneth Branagh. Like, he's still out there. Like, you can bring <laughs> him in and do this. But because I'm I'm over the moon with the casting of Haley, uh, Hallie, uh, ba- Hallie Bailey. There you, there go. you go. First try. <laughs> I think she's going to be stellar which and actually that's a rumor is that that was kind of part of Beyonce's whole deal with The Lion King. What? That she said this person has to be. She the people think that she got Hallie in there. Oh, Hallie's one of her protégés. Interesting. Did you ever see the college humor? Um, Sofia Coppola directed Little Mermaid trailer. No, I remember she was going to direct a version of the Little well, Mermaid at one point. Yeah, well, it, it wasn't directed by her, but it was like a it was a like a parody. Yeah, it was a parody trailer of like what a Sofia Coppola little mermaid movie would look like and it is spot fucking on like it is so funny and part of me is like i kind of want to watch that like because she was gonna do a version of the little mermaid in like 2008 for universal the the most hipster ass indie movie looking (laughs) thing you have to watch it it's so funny but uh it's a part of me is just like i mean i'm i'm see what the trailer is but i kind of like at least that was something different like <laughs> i see i just wanted to look like aquaman i'm like that yes that would be dope i loved aquaman <laughs> aquaman was great it was so fun <laughs> i wept watching that movie like i wept tears of joy the jellyfish when dress Amber Heard showed like, up <laughs> in a dress made out of live jellyfish i was like I have been waiting my entire life for this moment. <laughs> I remember I listened to your episode about Aquaman before I watched it, and you went off about like the jellyfish dress for like 20 minutes, it felt like. <laughs> and then when I watched the movie, I was like, 
Yeah, that makes sense. This this warrants that. <laughs> she's in it for she's in the dress for like twenty seconds. Yes. But the way you said it, I thought she was in it for like the whole movie. It's a set piece. No, yes. <laughs> we but, get like uh, there's actually a picture of her wearing the base dress. Like oh, really? on set, like walking to the set, and it's crazy because it looks like a visual effect, and to an extent it is, but, but there was a real on. dress. It's it's oh, actually wow. pretty cool. That's fascinating. Yeah, that was the. I'm curious if they do this special effects that they did in Aquaman on Little Mermaid too, like the distortion of the face and the sounds, because that was another thing that was really impressive. Is they didn't do the typical like you can just clearly see them in the ocean and you can hear them perfectly. Like it felt like they were in water, as weird as it looked, and 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 it wasn't perfect. Like they didn't achieve perfection in making them underwater but it still felt like a really solid attempt it at was because, people living underwater it was because it was consistent it was because James Wan had a vision and he was like don't worry about it I got it yeah. and they weren't it wasn't the production wasn't at war with itself like apparently the Lion King was because it's I remember watching the thing and James Wan was talking about how like everybody's like oh how are they going to talk like how would you even do that that's going to be so weird and complicated and he goes you're overthinking it you have to move their mouths and they talk it's fine he's like it'll it'll work and i was like holy shit you're so right like they're just like you're overthinking it just do it and audiences are sophisticated believe it or not it's like we can be idiots but also we're not idiots like right and i just wish like because like another tangent divergence but we saw Dr. Sleep and they recast Shelley Duvall and Jack Nicholson for scenes in the movie. And I was like, thank the movie gods that we didn't have to like de-age Jack Nicholson oh my God. and create some like CGI specter of Shelley Duvall to come. Like, it's like we got it. She yeah. looks kind of like her. Her name's Wendy. Cool. I'm good to go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and so I think if more movies would just sort of insist, then audiences would be like, okay. Yeah. And I just like, I don't know. And so that, that was my whole point with, with this past tangent was, you know, hopefully we learned something through this Lion King. Like, hopefully it leads somewhere because I mean, I'm actually very grateful to a lot of bad movies. It's like, I think, I think, modern cinema owes the star wars prequel trilogies a great debt i think because they made a lot of mistakes it's like they walked so <laughs> we can run do you know what i mean yeah like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the way they the way they told the story and the way they just set visual effects and everything like they just all of their missteps are things that people try to avoid now yeah, it's like, well, we don't want to do that. Like, you know, you, you don't bet on Jar Jar Banks. Like, yeah. <laughs> you wait. And don't don't just... roll in a hayfield. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I think that that's that's a silver lining. And also, again, I mean, you you liked it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I liked what? Lion King. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you said your kids liked it. My mom liked it. My aunt liked it. So I don't know. But I just also I will say I saw The Lion King before I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And that movie sort of reset how I feel about boring, overindulgent movies. So <laughs> if I had seen this after oh, I saw Once Upon a Time man. in Hollywood, I might have been like, it wasn't that <laughs> I didn't have to sit through three hours of nothing. <laughs> this needs seven minutes of Brad Pitt walking down the street. 
Like, just let I it need, roll. Yes. I need Brad Pitt changing the roofing, or I need Brad Pitt fixing uh, a satellite. We needed that scene because he wasn't wearing a shirt. Yeah, that's that was that was and a good he part. Still looks good. I mean, um, I think bringing it back around. Had I seen Lion King after the fact, then I might have been a little bit more patient. But yeah. No, I just uh, 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 hmm. thank you. Next, that's how I feel. <laughs> thank you. Next. So well, that was uh, that was Lion King. We we you did it. See, that was nice and easy. Yeah, nice and simple. I did. <laughs> oh, and I missed the hula. Why didn't Billy Eichner do the like aching for some bacon? Like I don't know that that was that's too cartoonish. I actually <laughs> thought that when I was watching, I was like, oh, why didn't he? Oh, right. They're not doing any cartoon things. That was, a, you know what? Like when they announced the Lion King, that was the very first thing my mind went to was I was like, I can't wait to see Timon hula dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, although actually, uh, in spite of all the crap we were giving about the musical numbers, I think Lion Sleeps Tonight was excellent. I think their version of it, but they're also singing and dancing. Oh, yes, because they did the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That was so great. It was like I when I was listening, you were talking about it on your podcast too, and I was just like, I was like talking with you guys in my car. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like so um, weirdly excited. out of nowhere. That one was better. You know what I mean? Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, as as it was playing, I was like, oh shit, they're like they're still going, and, and like the whole jungle is getting in on it, and you forget that they're supposed to get scared, and so like you're just going, it's like, oh shit, there's a lion. <laughs> Near the village, the peaceful village, the lion sleeps tonight. Near the village, the quiet village, the lion sleeps tonight. And I will say that entire when Nala comes in. That entire thing, like Pumbaa, and in particular Seth Rogen's Pumbaa running away from her. was hysterical i was like okay this is actually good but it's like in a weird way that almost makes me angrier it's like the handful of times that i thought it was really good yeah i was exactly it's like so you could have done this and you just chose not to i just uh i don't know um like i said i'm happy for the people that like it i'm happy for the people that were involved and uh i think some parts of it were fine (laughs) (laughs) but i'm good those I'm are so those are reviews good. to throw up as quotes when they sell the movie. <laughs> dot 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 fine. Dot yeah. dot dot Will Brooks. It, it was a movie. <laughs> um, so. Well, good. Well, thanks for coming on. This was a lot of fun. We gotta. Yeah. We gotta. Well, it sounds like we have a based on this conversation alone. There's a ton of movies that we could talk about. 
Yeah, I was thinking we, we, we just could... did like 10 movies in one episode. <laughs> I'm like, but Dude. I love this. You're like, no, it was shit because of this. We can do a companion podcast called Will Loves Most, like many yeah. things. <laughs> and then we'll just sort of go. Trevor and Will talk about things that they try to love together. Well, we're still going to try. We still it kept getting pushed, but we still have Sucker Punch coming up for us. And we're going to have you back for that. So oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, stick I, around if, for some time in the my future. Listeners, I've. I was guested on their podcast for uh, the first half of season three of Buffy, which is heaven for me. And I love talking about Buffy. And then you, uh, Will, invited me on to talk about what was it? What was the uh, what was that movie? Gods of Egypt. Gods of Egypt. <laughs> oh, man. And it was funny because Will was just like, I know because Trevor loves everything. It's a bad movie, but I kind of love it. Yeah. It and is, I was like, I know just who. <laughs> needs to watch this and you were literally like how have you never told me about this movie before <laughs> i came you were like so you tr- you were so cautious you were like so what'd you think and i was like this movie was fucking amazing <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird it's so for people who don't know about it because it, it came and went but yes it just oh man because it, well it's bad it's, but it's yeah, awesome <laughs> it's bad and it's whitewashed so it's not something that, I ever would recommend, but it's fucking amazing. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember I was like, my favorite review of that one was somebody was like, if only it had musical numbers, it would have been brilliant. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, if only they were full blown. It'd like, be a cult classic. But yeah, so. All right. Well, um, thanks again for coming on. Uh, if you if you want to you want to tell the people about your podcast. Yeah, uh, I have a podcast with, as I mentioned, my best friend where it's called So I'm Watching the Show. And it's called that because it is a very casual and spoiler podcast. We learned over time that people were like, you should warn people because we dive right in. Like our whole thing is we want to talk about the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you, would, we, you would you would warn about the spoiler after you spoiled your like. And then when so-and-so died, I mean, I guess spoilers, right? I mean, we walk out of The Last Jedi and I'm like, I need to talk about Laura Dern like pronto. <laughs> so it's like that's our thing. And it's very casual. And we just kind of have back and it's more of like a back and forth conversation about topics than it is like a like a review or a recap or whatever. Yeah. But we do movies. We do music. We do TV. We do even venture into some like like geek stuff like I collect the Hot Toys dolls and stuff. And um, I also have a book uh, I wrote, Fairy Tale, and it is about fairy tales. As I mentioned earlier, I'm very passionate about it. And uh, (laughs) it's not for children. The way that I pitch it to people is I said that it's like Gossip Girl meets Game of Thrones. Yes. It's got that. That's, that that's very of. accurate. I'm I'm in the middle of it right now, and it. Oh, is, really? <laughs> that is very much the. Uh, very much. That's an apt description. It starts in a very Gossip Girl place, and then people start dying, and you're like, yeah. "Oh shit! <laughs> this is <laughs> but not it's my funny. children's fairy tales." Yeah, it's funny and sexy, and it's very modern. Like they have limos, and they're like celebrities and stuff, and yeah. Um, yeah, so we just do that. And uh, Chris and I, she's my writing partner. We we were working on another book uh, that's much like fairy tale called Mythos, and it's rooted in Greek mythology, which I'm very excited about. It's going to be good. Mm, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. I have the end like the the whole. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm having a hard <laughs> time not telling you right now. Recorded. <laughs> Just spoil it all for for the entire but, audience. Yeah. So and um, uh, so we have a website. So I so I'm watching dot com and that links out to all the different stuff. So 
Nice. Yes, definitely. Um, I will co-sign. Everybody should go buy his book. It's amazing. Um, I've I admittedly haven't finished it yet, but as, so far it is amazing, and I can't imagine it's going to change for the second half of the book. Um, it's also long. I didn't mean for it to be quite that long, but <laughs> it's, it's long. It's a big but... <laughs> story. It's it's a very big story. Yes, and there and the podcast is really fun. Um, it's just the chemistry between Will and Kristen is just like none other uh it's rare to find and they talk they do they talk about everything so if there's if there's an episode where you're like oh i haven't seen that yet the next week will be something that you can listen to so and as as we've said i mean a lot like you our goal is to like things um we let you know when we don't but for the most part we're kind of like yeah it was cool i mean we're not going to go see you know the melissa mccarthy life of the party movie and come out and be like oh my god that was i mean it's like we kind of know what we're getting into and we like right. we found good things to say about uh, Melissa McCarthy again. The Happy Time Murders. We thought that movie was hilarious, but <laughs> we were also wasted. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. Okay, well, that's great. Well, so I'll yeah, everybody, everybody <laughs> should definitely go subscribe to them and uh, follow them on Twitter. They're really funny on Twitter. That's um, all Kristen. That is all her. <laughs> Kristen is really funny on Twitter. <laughs> that's so I'm watching the show. Um, so yeah, thanks, Will, and we'll. I'm sure we're gonna have you on this podcast again because anytime if you ever need reinforcements i can like come and we can gang up on people yes (laughs) i'll I'll have you sneak sneak in where they'll just be like i mean the movie's garbage and you're like what bitch Mm, interesting because you know what (laughs) i've got facts you're garbage (laughs) just turns into a really negative podcast You and me making fun of people, uh, so. but no, this was this was really great. I I really enjoyed this. So awesome, yeah. Hopefully, we can do this again. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Trevor Carley on Instagram at Trevor Carley. Um, Trevor Car- Trevor loves everything. Com is the site. Please rate and review. It helps people find the podcast. It um, really does. It really does. It really does, and it's one of those like annoying thankless things but i just tell people i'm like just just a couple of words just a couple of like oh like i i when i tell people to review things i try to give them i'm like chemistry funny interesting like just kind (laughs) of like fill in the blanks like a mad lib because the more numbers the more rates and uh reviews you have the, the the better it is so yeah, the more it bumps up. So yep. go out there. I know it's extra clicks, guys, but come on. <laughs> it's 30 you seconds. Can do it. I believe in um, you. But uh, yeah, so thank you. And uh, we'll do this again. Cool. Bye. All right. Bye.